This podcast is brought to you by CATV, building community in the Upper Valley through media. Hello and welcome to Shelf Help, a podcast where booksellers help you answer one of life's trickier, and we argue, most important questions. What should you read next? I'm Lisa, the co-founder of The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help you find your next great book. And with me today, I have fabulous owners of three local bookstores. I'm going to start with my left this time with Carrie. I'm Carrie, co-owner of the Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont. I'm Allie. I own Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. I'm Sam. I'm one of the co-owners of the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont. I'm Emma. I'm the other co-owner of the Norwich Bookstore. So our first few episodes introduced you to the people that are sitting around this table by asking them to talk about a book that represented them, which was really hard. So you should listen to it so you know a little bit more about them. Today, we're just going to jump into the recommendations in a book talk, although actually I did it again. We're actually going to have one more piece of information. Our first few episodes, including the one today, are based on themes that we selected. However, we want to hear from you. So please send us your reading dilemma. You can do that by leaving us a question or a voice memo at shelfhelpuv at gmail.com. For this episode, each bookseller has been asked to discuss one book that they recommend for Mental Health Awareness Month, which happens every May. Started with Carrie. Yeah. So Carrie, unless Allie, this is your baby. Do you want to be the first one to go? <laughs> Mental health is my baby. Yeah. I'll talk a little bit about it. Okay. We're going to go with I Allie. thinking about how to approach this. The month sometimes is referred to as, it's. I think it is technically Mental Health Awareness Month, but you will hear other people refer to it as Mental Illness Awareness Month. And so that got me thinking about, okay, what is the purpose of this month? Is it to promote mental health for all people or to make people who are struggling with mental illness more visible? I don't really know the answer. I do know that one in five people will struggle with mental illness, but literally everyone on this planet will struggle with their own mental health at some point. I think we should broaden it and have it be about health rather than necessarily specific illnesses, though bringing attention to that is also super important to me. The book I want to talk about is non-traditional recommendation, especially from me. If you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast, you might know that I am obsessed with therapy. I am obsessed with my therapist. I read books by therapists. Basically every book by a therapist, I read it. But I think that therapy is just one of the tools that we have to take care of our mental health and it's not accessible to everyone and that's a problem. And so with this recommendation, I wanted to talk about something that is more available to people. And so this book- Books. Books. (laughs) (laughs) And the act of creating books, writing. So I'm talking today about Bodywork by Melissa Phoebos. It is actually a book about the craft of writing. It's not necessarily head-on about mental health, but in this book, Melissa, who is more of a memoirist, she talks a lot about how the process of recovery, specifically from trauma, can mirror the process of creating and writing. It's super brilliant. She also is doing all of this while still writing in her normal style, which is very, well, one, confessional, super personal. She leans very heavy on the personal part of the personal essay. So she's bringing in her own past. She's bringing in little bits of conversations with other people. She brings in cultural theory. She's just super, super skilled at weaving together all of these different 
streams of thought into one cohesive essay. And in these essays, while she's doing it, she's also teaching you how to do that. And so she's making the argument that writing is a form of self-care and recovery, and that we are told so often by people in the world that writing is too confessional, that navel-gazing does not have worth, that we shouldn't be just sharing all of our personal shit, etc. And that's actually a way of oppressors continuing to oppress. And so by writing your way through something and then by sharing that, if that is something that feels okay to you, you're setting an example for somebody else who might need to read it. It's really powerful. I don't think just writers would get something out of this book on the essay side of things that people who are not drawn to writing but just to reading would also get something from it. And yeah, it's just this fantastic look at the intersection of psychology and writing and also dismantling the the structures of oppression that negatively impact our mental health. And she's brilliant. This sounds great. Wow. I've been wanting so to read What a read great her. way to start. So now back to Carrie. The book that I wanted to recommend is a collection of essays about the author's personal experience. So I feel like she's doing what Melissa's saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am recommending Broken in the Best Possible Way by Jenny Lawson. If you're familiar with Jenny, she's written a few books and they're all various essay collections and memoirs that will make you laugh out loud and sometimes inappropriately so, but it's okay. We all have mental health that we deal with on a daily basis and sometimes laughter is the best way to get through hard situation. In this collection, it's a little bit more personal than some of her previous ones have been in that she actually talks about methods of treatment that she's gone through for her depression and anxiety, including... Transcranial magnetic stimulation, which sounds super intense. It's magnets, like for 40 minutes going around your brain. And she explains it in depth and how it's truly helped her with her depression. And so her essays stem from that level of in-depth and specifically talking about her mental illness and her treatment for it. But then she also has an essay about why she'll never go to the post office again. So... (laughs) I read a lot of this book not sitting in public places because I did laugh out loud a lot. You may want to just be by yourself for that, or or maybe you don't mind laughing out loud in front of strangers. I also love this book because the cover is a painting that Jenny had done of her with her depression monster, and it is incredibly adorable and also terrifying, which I think is... I'm so glad you described that, because I've been looking at this cover upside down for a good five or ten minutes, and could not figure out what she was holding. It looked like a carpet, but with flowers. It's a little reminiscent of of a wild thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But once you turn it right side up, I I saw the monster. It's very cute. Mm -hmm. Cute and terrifying. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about doing that book, too. I didn't. I have another one. But I want to do a shout-out for listening to all of Jenny Lawson's books because they're incredible on audio. She reads them. This didn't happen to me, but I do know someone who read Broken in the Best Possible Way and laughed so hard they peed their pants. I'm just saying. It's a great endorsement. Was it Sam? I actually don't know who it was. And I won't say. I don't think we should out anybody. <laughs> like, that feels like a bad, bad precedent to be setting for this particular show. But I feel like, Emma, you just teed yourself up. So we're going totally out of order here. So the book I decided to talk about is one of my favorite books called First We Make the Beast Beautiful by Sarah Wilson. So Sarah Wilson has practically made a career out of 
testing out different methods to soothe anxiety. And she has collected her findings in First We Make the Beast Beautiful. So the beast is mental health and anxiety. And the way she dispenses advice is just so warm and commiserating. And you will find a tactic that will work for you in this book because she goes through so many. It's the best book I've read about managing anxiety. And one of the tips that I return to a lot is asking yourself, what's the problem right now? Because anxiety is generally either about the past or the future, and it has trouble existing in the present moment. And I have personally found that to be a very useful question to ask myself (laughs) when I'm feeling anxious. And I'm guessing that you, listener, have anxiety as well. Anyone can learn something from First We Make the Beast Beautiful. Also, it's just a lovely book. It's also such a good title. That's what I was just thinking. Gorgeous cover. It's so important to be able to actually look straight at issues of mental health. And that's one of the things that I'm obsessed with in Melissa Fibos's work. She can stare at something that's really painful in her past that has caused her a lot of anxiety or other issues and stare straight at it and then make something out of it. And I feel like that's exactly what Sarah Wilson is talking about with that title, about being able to tackle something head on and not think of it as a beast, but think of it as something beautiful worth exploring and building on. Have you read it? Yeah. Yeah? (laughs) No, I have not. (laughs) But I've looked at the cover a lot. (laughs) I should read it. It's got an octopus on it. Yeah. I'm I'm struck too by the beast, like her beast and the beast in the title. Like it just, like the beast on Jenny Lawson's book or the, Mm -hmm. the monster and then there's a beast. It just... I think it's really helpful to visualize anxiety or whatever you've got going on. Think of it as separate from yourself. I yeah. said this recently to my partner. We had been in kind of an argument about like I was taking forever to get dressed and I was really stressed about something and it was like one of those really stupid fights and but he was frustrated cuz I often take a long time to get out the door. <laughs> and somehow that escalated into a question of did I value what we were going to do and I said to him I wish that you could see what just happened with me as my brain and not as me and I think it's so helpful for people who are dealing with mental health struggles to think of it as that's my stupid difficult brain that's not who I am yeah I often imagine I don't know if you've seen the episode of Spongebob Squarepants where you go inside Spongebob's brain and there's just like a ton of mini tiny yes. Spongebobs <laughs> so <laughs> I don't imagine Spongebob's in my head. I just imagine lots of little Emmas. So they're like, there's a different Emma for every emotion in my brain. We're doing like parts therapy now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sam, you're going to have a hard time like bringing us home here. Uh, Talk about your yeah. issues, honey. Oh, boy. My recommendation here is a book that Per Alley stares directly at a painful thing. And I will note right now that this is not necessarily a book for everyone. This is a book that I would say carries a content warning, especially if you or someone you love or is close to struggles with depression or suicidal thoughts or if you've been affected by suicide. So with that out of the way, the book I'd like to talk about real briefly is All My Puny Sorrows by Miriam Tevs. The great understated 
poet laureate novelist of the Canadian prairie. One of the things that I have always loved about her work is that she is able to take subjects that are serious and often traumatic and painful and look at them in very pragmatic and funny ways, joyful ways. And this is a very personal book for her. It is a novel. It follows a family, specifically an author who has a history of depression in her family and her older sister, who is an incredibly talented musician, also struggles with very severe depression. What I love about this book is that it's depictions of people who are struggling with mental illness and of the family that surrounds them, whether they are struggling right alongside them or supporting them or dealing with the effects on their own mental health, is just incredibly tender. It's kind. It is at times even funny. And in that, I think it is really beautiful. And I've always been grateful for that book's depiction of a family struggling with all of the things that a family struggles with without judgment for anybody, for the people who are struggling day in and day out with their own mental illness for the people who are supporting them and are sometimes kind of frustrated that they're supporting them for the generations before who people have all kinds of different feelings about because that's what you get in a family and especially one where there have been these struggles. I think that it's really easy to reduce those kinds of characters and reduce the depictions of people struggling with depression, struggling with aspects of mental health to kind of caricatures in order to make a point. And Miriam Tev's never, ever does that. She presents everybody at full face value. I think she does actually a pretty good job of presenting people's brains as separate from who people are. I won't say that it's an incredibly happy novel. It is not a novel that has a conclusion that everybody will find to be uplifting. In that, I think it is also very real. And so I always thought just a a remarkable feat for that. When you said that title... I couldn't have told you what the story was about at all until, but I remembered it being beautiful. Like as soon as you said the title, I was like, that is such a beautiful book. And then when you described it, I was like, oh yeah. Like it all came flooding back. It is a spectacularly beautifully written, fully formed characterization of people. I think it's a very personal book for her. All of her books are kind of like that, but I think that this one is definitely drawn in part from her own experience and her own family. And you feel that for sure. Before we wrap up, I just want to mention that we've talked a little bit about different ways of dealing with mental health struggles or mental illness, but there are resources available. And going along with Sam's trigger warning, the the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is an excellent resource. Help is available to anyone who needs it, especially if you're struggling with suicidal ideation or very serious depression. You can always reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800 273 255 or org. So to recap, the books that we discussed are I'm recommending Bodywork by Melissa Phoebos and Carrie Hag. I'm recommending Jenny Lawson's Broken in the Best Way Possible. Emma? I recommended First We Make the Beast Beautiful by Sarah Wilson. And Sam? Recommended All My Puny Sorrows by Miriam Tebbs. And with that, we end episode number five. Future episodes will have these booksellers at this table, maybe with some of their staff, maybe with some authors, but they will always have great recommendations. 
Shelf Help is brought to you by The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help readers find their next great book. CATV Upper Valley Media Company, who is providing all of our tech support. And three Upper Valley bookstores, The Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont, The Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont, and Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. If you've got a reading dilemma, you can email us a question or leave us a voice memo at shelfhelpuv at gmail.com. Once again, is shelfhelpuv at gmail.com. We're here to help your shelves. Thanks again for being with us and see you next time on Shelf Help. Thank you for listening to CATV Podcasts. If you found this episode interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content at CATV, please visit our website at catv8.org. That is C-A-T-V, the number eight, dot org. You can find all of our podcasts under the listen section on our homepage.